you are tuned into the August 5th edition of Rhetorically Speaking. Props to those of you who are watching on YouTube. Let me get the right side. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, comment, share. I love when the white supremacists, white nationalists, the capitalists, those who adhere to the patriarchy. I love when y'all get into the comment section because I'm a clap back. You know what I mean? I, I think that's what Birdman did, something like that. Also, props to those of you who are listening on whatever streaming service you got popping right now. I think my Spotify price goes up next week, uh, a dollar or two. So I may not, <laughs> I may or may not be continuing with Spotify because, listen, we are, I, I don't know if we're in a recession or not, but I know my money is looking funny. I was having a conversation earlier about the, the housing crisis that continues. I want to buy a new crib. Right now, my mortgage is super manageable, super manageable. I bought my house back in 2009. When I hear about the prices, what folk are paying for, for one bedroom apartments, for efficiency, over $1,000, over $1,200, $1,500 for apartments, I'm like, uh, yeah, I know that the houses are going to be I'm not going to say even more, but it's going to be comparable. The interest rate that I saw was 7%. And that's if you got amazing credit. My credit is slowly but surely elevating. Long gone are the days where I, I take $500 credit cards, which happened on Bloomsburg University campus. I think there's 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 policy now and there's laws where these, these credit card people can't actually be on college campuses in, in some states. Because they definitely got me. I got two credit cards for $500. I went to Sunshine Blues and I racked up on some. Did I buy some? No, I didn't buy Nietzsche jeans. I bought some some academics. I bought an academic velour baby blue. We talking about the start of the school year. Fam, I was ready. But my credit paid for it because I didn't have a job <laughs> to, to pay off my credit card bills. But we passed that. We're an adult now. And I think the only thing I got outstanding on my credit is this hundred and some odd thousand student loan, which starts back up in about who through while they restarted on September 1st with the first payment being due in October. I didn't get anything waived. I don't even think I got the ten thousand dollars. So we just going to be out here making it do what it do. We're we going to try and pay them off. That's if I hit a lick. That's if I, I hit a big score. If I get a hundred thousand, a hundred and some odd thousand payday outside of that. Listen, catch me when you can. I'm the gingerbread man or, or whatever y'all y'all favorite capitalistic MC says. With that being said, we're going to get a start into this. This is going to be a short episode because I wanted to speak on one topic specifically because it impacted me throughout this most recent weekend for for several reasons i will be having a conversation on my other podcast hashtag you good man podcast with my homeboy mike olnick make sure you go and again hit that subscribe button because it's on make sure i get it there for those who are watching it's on youtube i also post clips across my socials and again it's the same place where you're viewing this on whatever streaming platform but the the incident that really grabbed my my emotions over this past weekend was learning of the murder by let's let's make sure we get the police department right uh 
the August 24th murder of Takia Young by start over. Because remember, we have we've had this conversation when we talk about rape culture and we talk about the importance of putting the perpetrator at the front of the conversation. So the, the, the victim doesn't become the focus, the victim, in some cases, the survivor don't become um, the center of the story. In this case, we should be focusing on the Blendon Township police who on August 24th murdered 21 year old Takia Young after engaging her in a shopping, a shopping center parking lot due to allegations of shoplifting. I say allegations of shoplifting in my Dr. Umar voice for the third time, allegations of shoplifting. She and others were accused by a supermarket employee of having taken multiple items, but Takia was alleged to have taken bottles of alcohol. Now, what's noteworthy about this is Takia was pregnant. So I doubt the alcohol was for her. And we'll we'll get into a, a conversation about even stealing from the, the supermarket what that signifies as a society when you have to steal anything from a, a supermarket. So after the, the employee informed p- police cops, because they say cops is a is a derogatory term. I saw that on Law and Order. Yes, I do watch Law and Order. After the cops, right, 12 pigs, the, the, the list goes on and on after they after they were informed by the supermarket employee about the, the thefts that were taking place, Takia was identified as still being in her car, not having pulled off. So the cops engaged Takia. Now, I did my best not to watch this video. I did my darndest. I posted about it because I didn't need to see a, another black life snuffed out by cops, by 12, by the fuzz. I just didn't need to see it. However, I felt that it was important for me to watch this video. And it was a very brief video. And I don't encourage you to watch it to to ensure that your wellness isn't compromised in any way. But I felt it was it was important for me to watch this. Because I, I, I number one, I thrive off emotion. I thrive when I'm when I'm feeling uh, emotional. Hence, what you'll get in this conversation is emotional me after viewing it, still being pragmatic, still being able to to offer some some critical thought on the situation. But there's something about viewing it that just lights a fire in me. And it's probably extremely toxic. That's probably an unhealthy trait that I have. It's probably a red flag. When it comes to to ensuring your wellness, that you need something like this to to I, I don't want to say invigorate. Invigorate would be the wrong word to we'll, we'll figure out the word. But I needed this. I needed to see it to be able to convey my thoughts, feelings and emotion, which are extremely authentic and, and raw. So I watched the video and what I saw were two cops walk up to Takia's car. We don't see the walk up. We just see them at Takia's car. We see one cop at the door yelling at her to open her door. 
we see the other cop in front of the car at the hood gun already drawn which is an important part of this conversation yelling her at her to get the out of the car you hear her say what are you going to do shoot me as she proceeds to try and veer off to the right to actually avoid the cop who is again standing in front of the car with his gun drawn and you see him open fire as she as she slowly accelerates to try and drive off. The car then slows, hits the side of the of the supermarket pla- within the plaza. You see the cops break the window. And it goes dark. Allegedly, the cops were attempting to to render aid to Takia. If you're that quick to shoot. How quick are you to attempt to render aid to try and save somebody's life? That's not at the forefront of your thought, saving somebody's life. If you're that trigger happy. I can't explain why that that part was edited out. Hopefully the family had an opportunity to to see it. So Takia, again, she was pregnant. I'm not sure how many months pregnant she was, but she was 21. Both her and her baby died, snuffed out, slaughtered by the Blendon Township Police Department. The footage, which the family argued that the public release should have happened long before the data was released, it was released on September 1st. Now, I, for me, whenever I hear about news, being released on a weekend i recognize that it's intentional and you may be saying phil why is this intentional think about it i'll give you a second to think what's happening on fridays majority of people are are itchy to get off work That's why they have the slogan TGIF or they had the slogan TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. You want to get off work, whatever drama you've had at work, the 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 stress accumulation that comes from work. For folk who work a traditional Monday, Monday through Friday, nine to five job. You're looking forward to that time off. You don't want to engage with any bad news. You don't want to engage with any news at all. We know that people become hyper focused on themselves and their loved ones and their friends before they have to go back to work on Monday. But alas, and this is why, again, this was extremely strategic. This was Labor Day weekend. So we have an extra day. We have a holiday here in the in the north, in the tri-state area. Folk are trying to get to get to the beach. They aren't worrying about seeing the news and seeing the the cops murder someone in cold blood. So if we can get this news out by Monday, something else will be happening. Everybody will be reinvigorated, energized. And we can go from there. We see that all the time. We see that in sports media. Where something might happen on a Friday because who's going to talk about it? 
on the weekends, you don't have your traditional, your, your Monday through Friday news host. You don't have your typical, your, 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 your producers that you have during the week. Whether it's news, whether it's sports media. We saw it in the legal system with Trayvon Martin. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe his, the, the verdict of, of that murderer, George Zimmerman, and I hate saying his name, is, is nasty. Came out on a, a Friday or a Saturday. I want to say a, a Saturday specifically that verdict came out. Now, and that's a little maybe some would say, well, Phil, that's a little bit different because it was, it's a jury. And yes, but it still has the same effect. There's not going to be as widespread conversation about it due to the time that it's released. So, yes, this was very strategic. After watching the video and even before watching the video and just reading different news outlets. I started questioning, did he have to shoot? And the answer for me was, of course he had to shoot. He had to shoot her. Now, it might not be reasoning you might be thinking. It's not because, oh, he, he found his life to be in danger, which we'll talk about in a couple seconds. No, it's because this is what agents of the state are trained to do. They've been trained to shoot the kill for centuries. When we go back to the to to slave catches and those who are out uh, attempting to hunt down enslaved enslaved Africans who turned out to be enslaved African-Americans, black folk. Yeah, they were going to get them. But if they had to shoot them, that's, that's a lot easier than dragging somebody back on a horse or having them walk on a horse. Side by side with a horse, rather. To what? Come back and face further punishment. So this is ingrained in that culture. Shoot to kill. Whether or not a risk, a threat is imminent. So, yes, he had to shoot based on how cops are trained. Now, of course, the abolitionist in me, the abolitionist light, I'm still trying to get a handle of it. The humane person in me, the one who, who has reason, who can reason and has critical thought. Says, you didn't have to shoot her. If the cop that's engaging her. Language aside, the cop that's engaging her on the on the driver's side, well, why couldn't the one in the front just go back and do what? Write down the driver's license, the driver's license, the license plate number. Because we're not talking about a an a, a felony to the extent of them having a gun in some capacity. We're talking about shoplifting. 
We're talking about shoplifting alcohol. We're talking about a, a pregnant woman who the officer who is in the car could clearly see. Because when I see pictures of Takia Young, you can clearly see she's at least, at least six months or more pregnant. So you can see all of these things. Which I'm not sure why they weren't communicated. Because, again, that's not their job. Their job isn't to, to, to check out the landscape and use reason and be thoughtful when engaging individuals. Their job is, and how they so many approach it, is to induce harm, to create more of an issue, which this individual did. So I'm not sure why that individual, well, again, well, I just said why, I know why that didn't happen, right? It's maddening that so many that so many people, not only black and brown folk, but we know black and brown folk are disproportionately impacted by police violence. But this did not have to happen. And we seem like it seems like I'm making these types of videos so regularly. It was Eddie Irizarry three weeks ago. Who were still waiting for that cop to 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 be to be arrested. Because this is happening frequently. And this has happened. This act is so egregious and there's been recognition amongst police departments around the country. Beginning in the 70s and 80s, where where where. Departments are like, well, listen, we don't want innocent bystanders shot. We don't want innocent people who just happen to be in the vehicle with the the uh, alleged offender. To be harmed. So let's let's cool it. On just shooting all willy nilly into vehicles. Unless there is a weapon like a gun. Where there's a threat. Or if you really are in danger of being mowed down by a vehicle. But hey, you know what? You, you may hey, jump out. Just jump out the way because we want to avoid lawsuits. We want to we, we want to avoid public perception. That this is the wild, wild west. And this is what happens when you shoot at vehicles. But despite police departments like the New York Police Department and departments across the country who've adopted these procedures, these types of murders still happen. Which brings me to what do I think is going to happen to the police officer, to the cop? That shot Takia Young, that murdered Takia Young, that slaughtered, snuffed out Takia Young. We need to be intentional with our language when we're describing these these police sanctioned murders. It's not just killed. It was murdered. It was assassination. That was a shoot to kill. Without any thought. 
That was the natural impulse. That was the inclination. That was the training to shoot and kill Takia Young. Disregarding that she was pregnant. Disregarding that the alleged crime was shoplifting. Shoplifting. No, this cop will not be charged with murder, with manslaughter, with assault, with the deadly weapon. None of the above. And you might be asking why. Because there are mechanisms in place. To make sure that they aren't. To make sure that cops who discharge their weapon. Stand free and clear. One of them is qualified immunity. There's also this idea that all you have to do is say your life was in danger. As we recognize what race relations look like here in, here in, in the United States. Which the, the, the systemic aspect of it is evident when we look at who's disproportionately represented in prisons and jails across the country is black and brown folk. So if in mainstream, mainstream white America, right? And when we say mainstream, that's what we're talking about in white America. If the perception is that black and brown folk are threats, then any type of engagement with the police, the good guys, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. That's why you can see Commissioner Outlaw here in Philly come out the day after, well, the, the night, the night of Eddie Irizarry's murder by that coward Mark Dial come out and say, well, he got out the car, he lunged at him with knives. Because it's the, it's the idea that black and brown folk are violent, that they are a threat to all that is good here in this democracy. Just look at the conversations. I don't, I don't recommend going on, on Twitter or YouTube and look at the comment section. Why didn't she comply? All she had to do was get out of the car. What was she shoplifting? Why was she shoplifting? Well, people who shoplift, you think if they had a million dollars, they would just go shoplift unless they were a kleptomaniac? Probably not. You think if they had the means to get what it is that they wanted or needed and or needed that they would just go into a shopping market and steal it? Probably not. But think about the language that's used when we're talking about black and brown folk who may have, I don't want to say committed a crime, who may have made an unhealthy decision. Because I'm still waiting to hear, did she have alcohol in the car? But we know even in situations 
where individuals were were alleged to have done something, but they didn't do it. And they end up uh, harmed, maimed, killed. If they are alive, they'll still get charged with resisting arrest. Well, why, how am I resisting arrest if I ain't do shit? So I'm still waiting to see. I, I need to see some video of some alcohol bottles in the car. Not that that'll do much because you shouldn't die from shoplifting. I hate to be that person because it, it it's, it's, it's so cliche. But it's, it's, it's real life killers out here. Who they bring in without issue, who has the guns, all the ammunition on them. And they still bring them in alive, take them to Burger King. Like that white supremacist down south. Who shot up, what was it? Was it Mother AME Baptist Church? But the pub, but but the public perception again. It's not even public perception. It's white perception, white nationalist perception. That the cops are the good guys, and if they have to discharge their weapon, then it was for a reason. They get the benefit of the doubt. As Bomani Jones brought up, and and I've talked about numerous times, there's a fundamental belief. That some folk gotta die. In this, in this, it, in this, in this line of work, public safety means some people gotta die, and it's gonna be some innocent people that gotta die. If you carrying around dozens and dozens of eggs, you might just drop a couple. That's just the cost of doing business. That's how that's that's how it's viewed. That's how policing is viewed in this country and how how strong the police unions are. I haven't seen a statement from from the police union from Nesbitt here in Philadelphia about the Eddie Irizarry murder language matters about Mark Dials, disgraced officer Mark Dials murder of Eddie Irizarry. Maybe he did, but it didn't get the, the national attention like it usually do or the local attention like it usually do. I didn't see a press conference. So that's another reason why. Folk believe cops. I want to bring this to your attention and in, in doing research for this. I found some data since 2005, 139 police officers. And this comes from 2001 since 2000, 2001, excuse me, 2020, 2021. Since 2005, 139 police officers have been arrested for murder or manslaughter due to an on duty shooting. According to data from Philip Matthew Stinson, a criminal justice expert at Bowling Green State University, who has been tracking the data that amounts to fatal. That amounts to fewer than nine prosecutions a year. However, there's about a thousand fatal police shootings reported each year in the U.S. So the arrest rate is around one percent, never higher than two percent. So if the police shoot and kill someone. 
there's a high likelihood they won't even be arrested, let alone prosecuted. Again, reasoning, this, this perception of a perceived threat, even if it doesn't exist. Now, we talk about why, uh, another reason why this is. Because who's going to do it? We, we, I, I mentioned briefly about how strong police unions are. What does that mean for a prosecutor? Here in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, the police, the, the police union hate him. A lot of people hate him. And he's supposed to be progressive. But we see how slow they are to, 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 to prosecute Mark Dial and other, uh, other cops who've committed heinous acts. Why? Because they have to engage with these people on a day-to-day basis. So that type of needing to, to have some type of, of relationship with these individuals means what? Listen, just to, just to, to, to maintain homeostasis, yeah, we're we going to be slow to prosecute. Part of the article talked about how fellow police officers, fellow, these, these offenders, fellow cops, are slow to investigate. Now, I know you might watch Law & Order Special Victims Unit and you see the guy who lived, ended up dating and being with, I, don't, I haven't watched it in a while, who, who worked for IAB, Internal Affairs. These are cops who investigate other cops. Now, we know Boyle hated Stabler. He always believed everybody else's word over Stabler's. He wanted Stabler out of there. But that doesn't take place across the country. So they may be slow to investigate. Fellow cops may be slow to 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 cooperate in investigations against their peers why because they got to be with these people every day i can't even say i don't understand that i do it's like shit i gotta work here man and if i come and if i say something what's gonna happen to me you're gonna be a snitch the streets is no different than the police department than the mafia then the cartel, they have the same setup, the same hierarchy, the same behaviors. I haven't watched not, not now one of those Fast and Furious movies. But I know one thing about it is what? It's family first. Ain't that, ain't that, ain't that the tagline? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's not going to happen. So what happens? Bad cops stay. Even though I don't necessarily think there's a, a such thing as a good cop. This is a prevalent problem. This is such a prevalent problem that the, that the Department of Justice during their investigation of the Baltimore Police Department when Freddie, Gay, when Freddie Gray was murdered by the police he had his neck broken because they just threw him in the in the back of the van intentionally driving and swerving till he broke his neck 
and prosecutor Marilyn Mosby tried to bring them to trial. The officers involved. But subsequently, she had to drop the case because it's so hard to prove. After the investigation, the Department of Justice said. Racially disparate impact is present at every stage of Baltimore Police Department's enforcement actions from the initial decision to stop individuals on Baltimore streets to searches, arrests and uses of force. So it's saying that it's problematic at every level, at every level. But yet here we are. Baltimore police still out here wilding. Philly police still out here wilding. These local police departments in these small towns are even worse. Because they're usually white men. Who have already been indoctrinated. Into this, this, this notion of, 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 of white nationalism. Who has a, a sense of pride by wearing the badge. Again, that type of language. A sense of pride by wearing a badge to knowing what the lineage is. And so it's, again, I say this will not end. This will not end. Until the people make it end forcefully. So send the love and light to, to Kia Young's family. A, a rest in paradise to her and her her unborn daughter. And love and light to folk who had to view that video. Whether for their profession or just curiosity. Into black folk in general who have to cope with these types of situations. Listen, I appreciate you all for tuning in. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Boop, boop. If you're streaming, if you're streaming on a platform, you can also hit the subscribe, like, comment. I would definitely appreciate your feedback. Until next time, peace.